This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. It's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey, it's Todd Berry. How are you? Welcome. It's been a while, I know. Pete Lee is the guest today. He's funny. He's fun to talk to. Had some good stories. I have uh, some shows coming up. February 23rd, I'll be at Wise Guys Comedy Club in Salt Lake City. February 24th, I'll be at the Aggie Theater in Fort Collins. February 25th, Oriental Theater, Denver. March 16th is my book release show at the Bell House. Uh, I have a book coming out called Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg. It's a tour diary. You can pre-order that on Amazon. Uh, March 24th and 25th, I'll be at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington. March 31st uh, and April 1st, I will be at the Relapse Theater in Atlanta. Then what else we got? April 20th, the Tiger Room in Fort Wayne, Indiana. April 22nd, White Rabbit Cabaret in Indianapolis. Also, I think there's uh, March 14th, there's a uh, a little book event at McNally Jackson in New York City, if you're around. And uh, Feral Audio brings you this podcast. They have a lot of other podcasts. Go to feralaudio.com. Todd Barry podcast t-shirts i know i'm still hawking the t-shirts haven't done an episode in a while and i'm now i'm going right back into the t-shirt sales go to toddberry.com slash shirt and you can find that and i think i think that's it uh yeah let's say that's it here's pete lee everyone I haven't done one of these in a while, so uh, let's see if I still have it. Still got it. <laughs> still got it, I guess, is the expression, not still have it. Uh, yeah, I think I still got it. I think you said, just right now, you got it. I uh, know, just the, all you have to do is shoot the shit for a while, right? Then you still all, got it. Then you just, uh, that's it. Pete Lee, uh, how's it, what'd you do today, Pete Lee? Um, I slept in until 1.30 p.m. Really? How do you feel when you do that? Do you feel... I felt so guilty when I woke up. And, of course, it was one of those mornings where I had, like, a million emails from my manager, like, hey, you need to get this and this and this done. And right. Then, uh, friends had reached out. My mom, you know, like, why aren't you writing me back? And I, I always feel, like, I'm okay admitting this to you, uh-huh. you know, as a creative person, but um, I... I always feel so ashamed to just let people know, like, yeah, I just woke up and it's one thirty, and I didn't drink last night. I didn't do anything. I just haven't slept very well, like, the last five days. Uh-huh. And then last night I sleep cameled, you know, like I just stored up that sleep. And, um, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes uh, there are people who just think everyone should wake up at the same time, regardless of when they work. Yeah. And, I mean. I don't know. I always say that, like, I use a different part of the morning. Like, I was hanging out with the girl that I'm dating last night. Uh We were at the Remedy Diner right in this neighborhood. 
And uh, we we were there from like 1 a.m. until 3 a.m. just like shooting the breeze, and we were writing jokes and going over sets and stuff. And like, oh, is she a comedian? Yeah, she's a comic. Yeah, am I allowed to know her name? Um, sure. I guess I haven't publicly said it, but okay. her name is Walker Hayes. Do Walker you know Hayes. I don't know if I know her. She's she's really she's really funny. She's beautiful. Um, like when I first started hanging out with her, I was like, I don't want to like her this much because uh-huh. I just got out of something else and right. I can't be in something this soon. And then of course she's like every, every day I'm like, ah, I find out another thing where I'm like, that's perfect. And I don't want it to be this perfect, but right. it is. Well, maybe she'll turn into a nightmare. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> they all Let's do. hope she'll turn into a nightmare because uh, uh, I want you to be comfortable. <laughs> so Walker, bring it down. It's going too well, but that's good that you're the hanging with. That's always a good sign when you can just hang for hours and it doesn't feel like oh my, you're not looking at your watch. And you're just yeah, like, oh, this, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, we. I always say that we should be record. Her and I should be recording our podcast. We could have had like like forty hours of podcasts already. That's probably a good way to kill the relationship if you're done that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, these spontaneous personal personal conversations. Let's let's get them on tape. <laughs> let's record this let's and get be self conscious while we're doing it. So you slept to one. Th- when do you normally wake up? I normally would wake up at like ten thirty ish. Like I like to sleep from like two a.m. to like ten. That's a, that's good. I yeah. think that's about sort of what I like to do. Yeah. Do you um so that's good you had a bunch of emails from your manager though, right? That's good. Yeah. So I did um I was telling you before yeah. that I did the Tonight Show audition last night. How'd that go? It was amazing. Jimmy Fallon showed up. Seriously? Yeah, he showed up. Apparently he lives in the neighborhood by the stand. Yeah, I think but, he does. But that seems that seems crazy to me. Like could you imagine doing a Letterman showcase back in the day and then Letterman shows up? Right. That would have never happened. That's that's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's Wow. I mean, I had prepared my, you know, my set, and I've wanted to, I've wanted to be on Fallon for a long time. Like, uh-huh. I love Jimmy Fallon. Right. There's that famous story of Nate Bargatze, um, where Nate was just on at the stand, and Jimmy lives in the neighborhood, and slipped into the back of the room, and then, uh, and then was like, "Hey, I loved your set. Do you want to go out drinking with me?" And then they went out drinking, they became friends, and then. Um, oh, see, I didn't know all that. Yeah. Then Jimmy ended up. Uh, writing and producing Nate's sitcom because Jimmy was like, "Your whole act is a sitcom." You know, like let's do this. Was this while he was hosting the Tonight Show? This is yeah. This is um, he's already Tonight Show's Jimmy Fallon, and then um, Nate said that the next thing that he knew, Jimmy Fallon's like sitting on his couch in sweatpants, and he's like, "My wife was like making us lemonade, and we were writing the sitcom." And I always heard that story, and I was like, "That that'd be the ideal situation to have Jimmy Fallon come to see you at a comedy club live." Uh huh. And, um, yeah, I knew I was doing the Tonight Show showcase last night and then I was standing, I was actually standing at the bar talking to Walker and then my manager walked by and Adele walked by and then the next guy goes, you should, the Grammys just happened. So we should point out it's someone named Adele who works at the club. Not yeah. The, <laughs> not, not oh, Adele, the, that would be funny if that was the actual singer Adele walk, and Adele walked by anyway. Um, <laughs> oh wait, what was she doing? She was there also. <laughs> she, yeah, Adele walked by and she was like, hello. <laughs> That's how she says hello to everybody, just like the song. Uh-huh. Um, but she, um, yeah, so I said, the three people walked by. The first person was Adele, the manager, not the singer. The next person was uh, my manager, uh, Dave Kimowitz. And then the next person, like, if you say hello to the first two people in a line, the third yeah. one's just going to feel like he can say hello to you. And he goes, hey, man, what's up? And and I was like, you're Jimmy Fallon. Like, I didn't say that. Had was, you ever met him before? No. Yeah, and, he's pretty friendly. 
He's very friendly, and and I, yeah, I don't know. Why I said pretty friendly. He's he's extremely friendly. He's pretty comma friendly. <laughs> I think the way I said it with the right inflection, though, it implied I wasn't doing it like a scaled down compliment. <laughs> he's pretty friendly. Okay, I'm too self conscious about stuff like that. No, so anyway, so. So you, that was before you went on? That was before I went on, and that was probably like 15 minutes before I went on because I was up early in the show. And, you know, for those kinds of things, you always have conversations in your head with yourself about, like, this is fine. I'm an old pro. I've done a million of yeah. these. I've done a lot of television. But for whatever reason, whenever they're there to look at you, you still, I don't know, in my, in my, I always get in my head, like, like, all right, this has to be this, and I got to nail my beats. Yeah. And, um, and then also don't think about the words you're saying, just be in the moment. And, uh, and then I saw Jimmy Fallon and I, I definitely got, I got butterflies, you know? Um, and I, my acting teacher always says the only difference between excitement and nerves is the way that you're talking to yourself in your head. If, I've always said that I go, you know, it's like, if you think of it more of as excitement. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I always feel like nervous is like, no, it's part of the deal. Like when I meet people, like I never, ever get nervous before I go on stage. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. What medications <laughs> yes. do you have if that's the case? <laughs> like what yeah. kind of, yeah, I never believe people like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely, ha I felt butterflies and um, I remember you said, I actually thought about something that you said. Um, it was right before I did Letterman and I, I ran into you and I go, I go, uh, I go, do you get nervous before stuff like this? And And you go... Yeah, every time I do Letterman, it ruins a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of uh, that's no disrespect. I think I think people know what I mean when I said that. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, and it, you're not saying like you hate doing it. Right. You're saying like, as the person who has to go do it, it it's a nerve wracking day, and and you it's also very enjoyable. Like you tape the thing at like three thirty in the afternoon. And at 4.30 in the afternoon, after you've done the scary thing, you're like, that was the best thing I've ever done. And I loved the whole day. Yeah. Um, but Or you can have sort of, I don't know if you've ever had sort of a what happens now kind of. I've had that also where it's not necessarily a letdown, but it's such a buildup to doing something like that. And then you're like, it's 5, you know, 6.30. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to go to that, that taco place I usually <laughs> go to and just sit by myself. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, you, you know, if you... If you have someone that you can bring and take a fancy, they have a fancy celebration, but, uh, yeah. So did you, so you did, how long did you do? Um, how I long just was had your to set? do, I had to do five minutes. Oh, really? Just like the set you'd want to do? Just the set. And, um, and I'd been working on this set for a long time. Uh, and you know, so, and I also, I had to go up after Roy Wood Jr. Who's doing the show on Monday. So his set was real polished right. and yeah, he's really funny. He's very funny. And when I first saw that I was up on the lineup after him, uh, I, I thought to myself, like, oh, man, I got to go after, after a killer. But then it was actually good because the MC warmed up the show pretty well. And then the first comic sort of warmed them up more. And then Roy really, like, cracked the room. And so by the time that I went up, they were really warmed up. Oh, you up. sort of rode away for a little bit. Yeah. And I was really happy that I was following Roy. And, yeah, I got up on stage. And this was, again, this is like the dream scenario. So I got up on stage. I told my first couple jokes. And then I got to this one joke. Um, that I was even debating on putting in the set. Um, I said, I, I'm terrified of offending people. Like today, uh, this guy sneezed and I wanted to be like, bless you. But I was like, happy holidays. And, um, and Jimmy laughed so hard. I knew where he was sitting. He was sitting oh, that's to my good. right. And he was wearing like kind of like a tan colored jacket in a dark room. And he stood up and he clapped really hard. And he, and he goes, yes. He's, he's like, yes. 
and um and i like i mean he's not known for his impulse control <laughs> right <laughs> you know? but that's in the middle of your set he did in this? the middle of my set he did that and then um it was so obvious to the whole room and i would say that you know, having somebody like that in the room where everyone knows that he's in the room, but they're trying not to act like he's in the room. Yeah. And then he does something like that. It just lit up the room. And then I, um, I said, I, I just, I didn't want to call him out or I didn't want to say anything, but I had to say something. So I, I go, thank you, sir. <laughs> and then the room blew up. And because um, they knew who it was, and you were just being like whoever you pretending you didn't know who he was. Yeah, I was yeah. acting like he was jokingly anonymous. pretending you didn't know him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I said thank you, sir, and the room blew up. And then um, my set was already going well, but after that, it was like a cakewalk. Be kind of funny if you didn't get the show, though. I mean, yeah, after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about. It. I don't know. I had, I had a couple of drinks. It was, it was all right, but well, that should that's should be a slam dunk then, right? Yeah, the producers came up to me afterwards, and the booker came up to me and said, "Hey, Jimmy, really liked you." And um, uh, and then uh, th this morning already, my manager was like, "You need to transcribe your set and send it to them, um, or send it to me so I can send it to them." And that's usually I don't understand that, man. That always that always makes my blood boil a little bit. It's like it's it's five minute set that you saw and recorded, like. You need like a stenographer to yeah. <laughs> a court stenographer. Hmm, hmm. On paper, yeah, you're not supposed to read the jokes. That's why they're not as good on paper. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's supposed I, to be performed. I I found myself um writing out a lot of like like I would emphasize the punchline and like in all caps, you know, to be like this has impact on yeah, paper. Italics. Yeah, I used italics. Uh I I used brackets and put the word beat in it. Like like it's oh my a play. God. Uh but yeah, I was actually, I was feeling nerves coming over here because I, I was on the subway typing in my phone, typing out the set, wanting to get it done to get in before 5 p.m. today. Uh -huh. And I felt like once I got here, I could relax. Um, you're a soothing guy. I am a really soothing guy. I've yeah. been in the business a while, so I can tell you it's going to be all right. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be all right is what I meant to say. It's going to ruin a day. Um so then you have to submit the train. What is that? Is that for standards or is that so they can micromanage every punchline you do? I think it's both. And that the standards part doesn't bother me. Right. Because that's part of Because yeah. that's part of it. And there's a I, I actually made a note for the legal people within the document because I I name one product in there. I talk about a body wash that I use called Enchanted Peppermint Kisses. <laughs> and um, and it's that's actually um a mashup of a bunch of different body wash names that, you know, probably took me a half an hour to figure out a real fun punchline like that. Um, but it's not a real product. So I wanted legal to know, like you can, Oh yeah. You can save your time. We don't have to clear this. Uh, oh, that's, that's good. So I, I wanted them to know that, but, um, I guess I've done enough of these kinds of TV sets where I've had to send it to legal that I knew to do that. But, um, yeah, it, but then, yeah, I'm sure that they're going to comb through it and go, hey, could you take this line out and then connect this with this? And as the artist, you're going, but if I take that line out, they don't go together like that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my huge uh, peeves. That It's like, why would you even tell me, other than I can't say shit and fuck and stuff I already, everyone knows you can't say. Like, why would I suddenly need your help putting together four and a half minute set when i go on the road you like me because of the sets that i put together myself it's just it's unbelievable and it's also hard because you don't want to you know it's not easy to go fuck off i don't want to do your show 
Yeah. But it is, it's maddening when it's like, why I would never, I wouldn't walk up to, I might walk up to you and say I had a thought about one of your jokes, but I wouldn't be like, you need to sit down with me and we're going to do some switching around. Yeah. Like fucking, it's unbelievable. And it's just, well, I mean, to that point, I would be, I would be honored if you, Todd Barry, were like, hey, Pete, I think that you could rearrange this and it would be better. Yeah. Because you're a master. Yes, I am. But, I mean, thank you. But but someone someone who works at a show, I know that they have experience building these sets with comedians, so I'm not trying to discount that. But um, but it's it's harder to take a note from them about that specific thing. But also, like, I, I think what problem is, is that they're, the whole thing that you're supposed to even do it that way is a myth. Like, if I booked a show and I booked you on it, I'd say, show up with five minutes and... uh. Good luck. Yeah. Hope you have fun. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know what you're going to do. I mean, unless it bumped with, like, a bit, a comedy bit, that I could see. If there's, like, oh, we had a, a bit that's going to ruin your set because it's on the same topic. But I don't think that's what they're interested in. Yeah, I remember even um, Jake Johansson, he was doing Letterman for, like, his 44th time or something like that. And I was hanging out with him, and the, the people from the show came out to watch his set um, to kind of clear it or yeah. do whatever they were going to do. It's like this guy's done your show forty four times. Right. Yeah. Why does he need to clear anything? But Yeah, it's uh it, it's oh. weird. But that being said, I also have such a I have such a people pleasing personality that um that my feelings about it and the way that I would behave are so contrary to one another. Like if if they reached out to me right now, I'd be like, Yes, I'll change that. I would love to do right. that for you. And inside, I would be dying, going, no, we can't change that. <laughs> well, you can also, I mean, you can, and I have, you can go, I'm sorry. I, I, I think the best thing to do is to let them know, put doubt in their mind as whether that will actually fuck up your performance. Oh, it's that's like, a good I'm idea. so used to that other way that I've been doing it, which is the right way to do it, <laughs> that doing it your way as a 24-year-old producer with no zero comedy experience telling me... <laughs> That I'm just worried that it might come out bad, and it'll, and then the set will be bad, and then we'll have to blame you because you're the one who asked me to change something. Yeah, and you're. I mean, ultimately, it's, you know, if if your set goes well, that makes them look good, and so if if they trust your instincts on right. it and you do well, it looks better for them. They should trust themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like it's like you know, comedy clubs that have comment cards about the acts, which I don't do a lot of those places anymore. It's like <laughs> you should be. You should know what you're doing, and then if it, some shows are going to be good, some shows are not going to be good. Like, the idea, like, hey, what'd you, what'd you think of our acts? You rate them. It's like, no, you rate them. Yeah. And they either show up again or they don't show up again. <laughs> and the the people, it, it always has a section, who would you like to see at the club? Yeah. Right. And it's always, like, Jerry Seinfeld, right. Larry the Cable Guy. Right, the Rolling Stones, Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah, it's always like this. Yeah, I don't know that he's coming to the <laughs> funny bone in, in uh, Newport, Kentucky anytime soon. Yeah, they're definitely not dropping in. I mean, and maybe people, I don't know, maybe people read those stories about the comedy cellar right. where Seinfeld and Chris Rock and Schumer and all those guys you know, were on one show and they think that could happen at the Funny, Bo funny Bone in Newport. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing against the Funny Bone in Newport, by the way. It was just randomly picked. Yeah, we love you. Uh, we we want to perform there. We want to be able to order off of the right side of the menu <laughs> for headliners. I followed Kevin Hart the other night at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, well, how was that? That's, I love doing that. Yeah. Especially, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't go up there like for three hours and 
at least the times I've seen him go on. He does like a, he does a nice set, but he doesn't like completely throw off the whole night. Yeah, some guys go on for like yeah. fifty minutes, and but their audiences. I've always found the audiences they're in such a good mood, and if you mention anything about going on after Kevin Hart, they'd love it. And yeah, it's it's always funny to to go on after after. That's one of the things that I love about the cellar is that challenge of yeah. you know you you go on after these people that the the crowd is so they go ballistic you know you're upstairs in the olive tree and you can hear you're like oh some something just happened have you followed anyone like that or um i had a night where uh chris rock went on and louis went on and then tracy morgan went on and then i had to go on at like two in the morning right after them or right after them and um but it was like uh louis amazing obviously and one of my heroes uh but louis was just starting to work on his new set and then Chris was just like messing around, and then Tracy's a maniac, right? So you never know what's going <laughs> right. to happen when he's on stage. And so I followed it with a real polished set of my favorite stuff, and was able to do it really well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it almost felt like it felt like I was running against the top sprinters in the world, and they were out for a jog, and I was sprinting as hard as I could, right? <laughs> and um, and then I did well against them but yeah, or not it, against them. I think it's actually almost I would almost say it's easy to follow someone like that. Yeah. In that circumstance. I mean, I you know, if I was at Kevin Hart's stadium show and then he brought me on at the end, I might not they might not be eating it up, but uh <laughs> people are filing out <laughs> their feet are kicking nacho trays right <laughs> through the through the stands, but yeah, I I that's part of the magic of the cellar is having those stories where you can yeah. um, you know, where you can do that and but that's one of the neat things about comedy in general is that all of your heroes become your friends. And, you know, um, I'm not trying to, like, kiss your ass or whatever, but you're one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. I love your comedy. And thank I'm you so much. I'm sitting on your couch right now. I know. You're cool. sitting on my filthy couch <laughs> with my, uh, there's a cat in the distance. The, uh, this is, your apartment really is as soothing as your personality is. There's, really? I think there's, it's it's too small, but, I mean, that's boo-hoo. New York, small apartment. But Where do you, do you live? What were you going to say? Oh, but do you ever go on the road and they give you a big hotel room? Because oh. they, they, they're, yeah. they're like, hey, you're here and we're excited that you're here. And they give you a big yeah. fancy hotel room and you're used to this small cage in New York and it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, I can't say I've ever... I sort of know what you're talking about. Like when mm-hmm. I see a mansion, like I, you know, I saw one on TV, some Bel Air mansion they were out on the news. Like, oh, I would be... There's nothing about that that looks like, oh, I need that. I need 40,000 square feet. What but would you do with that? It is nice when I do get a bigger hotel room because it, it's just a little breathing room. And I just feel like, oh, I, can, I don't feel as much of an urge to run out of here as I do. Yeah. But, I mean, my apartment's about the size of a nice-size hotel room. Yeah, your apartment. I don't know. I, I, this location is amazing. Don't reveal. No, I won't. I won't reveal anything. But um, Yeah, but th- this apartment's great. I would... I would love to live in this building. Where do you live? I live out in Sunnyside, Queens, and um, I—it's—it's it's such a weird thing. Like I, uh, I wanted to live really close to my ex-girlfriend, and now we live two blocks away from one another. Oh, and things are really amicable and good between her and I, but. It's weird now that I live way out in Sunnyside, Queens. <laughs> and you did that as to sort of be close to. I want. I don't know. It almost when we were dating, it almost felt like we were in college, and you know, like she lived two dorms over or something. No, it's nice to be uh, 
have someone accessible. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it was nice because we could hang out and then if we got tired of each other it was easy to just go home. Right. But now I'm like, oh, I hope I don't run into her at the subway platform. Uh, right. But but yeah, I live out there and I, I have my favorite apartment that I've ever lived in. I I live in a big studio. It's probably the square footage of this apartment. Uh um but um I guess I don't know. Like this yeah. is a studio. Let's be real. Oh, okay. Like yeah, this is not a one bedroom. Okay, but because like, if you notice, the couch and the bed are next to each other. <laughs> do you? All right. Uh, I, one of my friends was like, "Why do you live in a studio?" And I think it's because I spend so much of my life in hotels that I actually feel more comfortable. In oh, a do studio. you? I don't like it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I what I, I mean, I the dream would be to have a big like a loft, like uh, twice the size of this place would be I think plenty. Because I like the idea of a big open room. But, I mean, I don't, I don't like walking in and seeing a couch and then the bed and then that's it. Oh, but, see, I like that. Do I you? I, it, so you like sort of not, you don't get overwhelmed if it's too big. Yeah, it must, it really must be because I spent, you know, I, I think I, I spent 13 years on, you know, on the road in a row and um, now I'm finally off the road a little bit. What were your, like, what was your average, like, how many weeks on the year when you were full on? I mean, that you might still be full on, but. Well, I think it was probably like 40. Oh, really? So you were doing 40? Yeah. When I first moved to New York, my first five or six years here, I was barely here. Uh-huh. Um, and I was paying New York rent and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But And just going on the road as hard as I could to afford being here. Uh-huh. Um, but now I, you know, now that I do a little bit more television and then I'm making a little bit more on the road, I can afford to be home more. But like like uh, in January, I went on the road for two weeks straight to afford to be home for two and a half months uh, straight. Oh so. man! Oh, was that colleges? Colleges, yeah. And I, you know, I'm divorced, and I had to give up a lot of money during the divorce. So I feel like I'm kind of trying to do colleges to recoup that, right? To get my nest egg where I need it to be. Yeah, it's like when you suddenly see an actor in a commercial, you're like, well, I didn't expect them to do a commercial. Oh, they owe someone $45 million. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. They're, uh, they're, they have to pay alimony. Right. That's why they're in a commercial. The, um, so did, did you enjoy being on the road like 40 weeks out here, or was it? I mean, I always enjoyed, <clears throat> I always liked being on stage, but I hated the the in-between part. The I even do like, like I said, I like being in a hotel room because uh, it feels. Yeah, I love hotels. Yeah, it feels homey to me. And did you pick a hotel brand? Uh, like, oh, like, I love talking like a, about this shit. Yeah, are you? Are oh, you I talk about this on every show. Like, free, really? Freaking flyer miles? Oh yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like, do I have one that's a fave? Yeah, like I, mine is Hilton. I like Hiltons. You know, I just had a thing with Hilton, and if anyone works for Hilton, listen up. They had a thing because I had Hilton Gold status. And then there was a thing that I read about and said, hey, we'll, we'll match anyone's status from another hotel rewards program. Mm-hmm. I assume you do the rewards program. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had platinum with Hyatt. So I sent that in. I emailed like your, your, your card and your statement. And they go, they said, Roebuck, congratulations, we made you gold. So like, I think I was already gold. So I called them up. I think it was yesterday I called them up. And they're like, yeah, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, Hyatt's platinum is our gold. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't you just. Not why don't you just since I called up fucking kick me but they did I mean platinum is not gold like, no but plat that they need to they need to they need to take an earth science class and and have better knowledge of their metals yeah so you're hill so what what status you with Hilton you must be I'm diamond yeah that's um, the, that's the one I could yeah get. so with Hyatt 
I would be a pile of money. Well, they said I think because Hyatt went diamond, gold, or diamond platinum, and then I don't know. There was something where they like Hyatt just had a different tier system, and it seemed it was a little annoying. But uh, that is annoying. They should just honor that and go. Okay, you're you're. You're, you have a high status with yeah. us. What would it hurt them I know. to give you high status? I know. I mean, I still have gold, but still. Now. <laughs> but the thing that you, the difference between you being gold or um, platinum or diamond is that when you check in, you get one water or two. Yeah. Um, and then they give you a cookie. So right. So that was them being like, you're not getting that cookie. Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't notice it as much as you do in like an airline status, but. Yeah. So Hilton, so will you always, you just go always try to put me in a Hilton? Or? Yeah, and then the thing that I like about that is that I kind of try to stay in the same type of hotels so that I'm in a similar room oh, really? in a different city so that I just feel like there's some sort of sense of consistency. So you like a Hilton or a Hampton Inn? Um, well, I'll st- I would rather stay in a Hilton, but in a lot of those college towns, they only have yeah. a Hampton Inn. And, um but that gets confusing after a little while. Like you're you're in a bunch of different cities, different days in a row, and then you just you wake up and you have that like spinal tap moment where you're like, "What city am I in?" Uh-huh. Do you ever have that where you wake up? Yeah, I do have that. I've had that where you're like, exactly, where you just go, "Okay, I'm in Philadelphia. Okay, got it." <laughs> <laughs> but so the Hiltons. Let's get back to the Hiltons. The uh, so you, but doesn't that make that problem worse if you're staying in the exact same hotel style room? It makes that problem worse, but the rest of the time I feel like I'm like, all right, this is the place that I live in, yeah. and there's some consistency. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, because being on the road, like I hate, I hate riding on the planes in general. Even when you're in first class, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then uh, I hate walking through the airport and you know being bumped into and. And renting a car and driving an hour. I haven't rented a car in years. Really? I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't feel the. I mean, almost every city has some sort of. I won't say Uber because no one's using them anymore. But like a uh, <laughs> car service, because they have. You know, there's like L.A. I don't. I haven't rented a car there in years. Yeah, I. I actually. The last, my last couple trips to L.A., I've only taken car services around. Yeah, um, I mean. You, yeah. By the way, have you switched from Uber to Lyft? Or you... I have. I I do use Lyft. I mean, I I kind of like Lyft anyway. But I once that the boycott happened, which I know like ten percent of why they ha- there is a boycott. I, it was easy enough to just go. I'm going to use Lyft. I downloaded the app and I've used Lyft once, but then uh, I had I had trouble with it logging. The app kept logging me out. Oh really? So the last couple of days I've used Uber. There's but, an, yeah. But it's one of those things where I almost feel embarrassed. Like to my friends, like I wouldn't want to admit that, uh, which because everybody's agreed that they're a bad company because of you know the politics and stuff. But I don't know. I I have this feeling that every company has somebody terrible at the helm. Exactly. I mean, I that's I can understand the the boycott. But if you think like that store you went into or that airline you flew doesn't have a Republican anywhere in the company. I mean, it's just like, oh, the billionaire? You know, what do you think? What do you think the chance? I mean, some of them are liberal, but, you know, some are probably Republican. Yeah, like, I love Dr. Pepper. I barely ever drink soda, but I love Dr. Pepper, and that's a Southern company. And you can't tell me that somebody in that boardroom isn't a giant racist pig. (laughs) Yeah, or if they were in New York, you could say. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
that any company's got shitheads. Yeah, nothing against the South. We love the South. I love here. the South. I always defend the South. That's why I got a little touchy there. But yeah, let's get back to the Hilton now. Do you like a what about a boutique hotel? Do you like a nice boutique hotel? I like boutique hotels uh, in uh, Tacoma. Oh, that one's nice. Oh, that hotel What's is... Was it a Murano or Ma- something? Murano, yes. Something like that. It, it's... That's a nice one. Oh, it's so nice. And then, um, like, yeah, any hotel that has a spa in it, I just feel... Do you ever treat yourself to something like that? I do. I really do. And it feels weird being a white guy in my 30s that goes to a spa, because I always feel... When I'm in that waiting room in the robe, I always feel like a sex tourist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's like here in Tacoma, yeah, and it's three o'clock in the afternoon, and you're in a, a little boutique hotel. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'll get the occasion. I like a nice pedicure on the road. I do, I've done that as well. I've done pedicures. I used to go to this uh, this hair uh, place in Manhattan called John Allen Salon, where they cut your hair and you drink a whiskey and then they do your nails. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like a man's. It, everything in there is very manly. I, yeah, I mean, I, I went to a barbershop today that's that I go to that's kind of like that, but they don't do the Scotch thing. It looks like the type. Of, it's kind of a hipster barbershop where every half the guys look exactly like who walk in there to get a haircut. <laughs> it's like beard trim, yes. Okay, I got it. And then there's my little buzz cut. But uh, your hair looks nice. But yeah, that it's it is weird to be like. I've never wanted to be like. Yeah, I, I could really use a Scotch right now for this for this, <laughs> this haircut, haircut at at noon. But yeah. uh, if I want I want my blood thinned out. So if you cut my ear, I'll really bleed. <laughs> Do you, uh, John Allen? Is that the place still there? Yeah, it's. They actually have a bunch of locations around around the city. But they're when I was researching them, um, I had a really good year college wise. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to treat myself to something. Cause, yeah, you know, when you live in a studio apartment. And you you have a finite amount of clothes that you can have. have. Have you ever done like a college or something like that? And somebody gives you a sweatshirt, and I'm like, great. Now I got to get rid of one of my sweatshirts because I live in New York. And well, I don't have my any problem, space. as you can see, these piles are a lot of swag T-shirts, and yeah, yeah. What do you do with them? I'm not good at throwing stuff out, but I think I'm going to go through them. And I mean, when I get pretty sentimental, even if it's like a co- even if it's something I know I'm never going to look at it for the rest of my life, but. I go, all right, right there. There's um, I see a green thing with an eye, and that could be a Christmas thing. But right now, my my brain is oh, going, that's, that's I just think that's for just laugh. for laughs. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, I don't. I just you know, I go to a festival. Hey, they gave me a T-shirt. I'm at the festival. I can't throw it out, but I can maybe give them away to. There must be someone who would like a free shirt from some comedy festival, even if they're not a comedian. That would actually be really funny if. You went to the comedy clubs and just started giving away your stuff to people. <laughs> I've seen people do that. Like, I saw who um, Dan Soder gave out some stuff from a gift bag he got the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. The when, when I was say? in uh, Spokane, I, there's a, a pot shop that um, they they just have a deal with the club because weed is legal in uh-huh. Washington State. And I got there and there was a little gift bag and it had you know a little it was a little sampler with edibles and weed pens. Oh wow. And, and weed, and um, I smoke a little bit, but not a lot. Like maybe a couple times a month, I'll smoke because uh, I feel like I use my brain too much, and I just don't want to be brained. I'm not smart enough to be a stoner, right? Um, and then function on a daily basis. But so I went around to the wait staff, and I was I felt like pot Santa. You know, I was like, "You get edibles, you get the weed pens," and I I just gave it all away. That's and, what I think I would. Uh, I'm not a weed guy, so I probably would do the same thing. Or or better yet fucking throw it out just just throw it out like yeah. nobody gets to kill their brain cells yeah that's what i would do yeah but uh-huh. they they loved it and, and i remember 
I asked them, I'm like, nobody that's come here that's gotten this gift bag has ever done this before? And they're like, oh, no, no, they keep it all for themselves. And <coughs> it was like, like if I would have smoked or eaten or consumed that much amount of a THC, I would have died that week. And I, I don't know who's there that's like, yeah, I'm going to use all of this. So I don't know why they wouldn't give it away. I love gift bags, though. Oh, it makes you feel so special. Yeah. I'm trying to think some of the good things I've gotten. and I've never gotten that, like, uh, you know, those like the ones you hear about like at the academy awards where it's like it's 150 thousand dollars worth of stuff in there but i've gotten <laughs> some good stuff uh yeah like whenever people um i i dated a girl that was an actress that got those kinds of things and yeah there was like a set of like beats headphones in her gift bag that were the bluetooth ones and oh like, nice like 400 dollars ones that's a great gift bag that's nice i um What's your freaking flyer thing going? How's that going? Um, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to lose track of that. Yeah, no, no. Um, that's something that I'm also very. Did into. I help you with that? Uh, I know I've helped a lot of people with that. I Maybe you're not one of the people. You probably didn't need it because you're you're a road guy. Well, I, here's the thing. I wish that I would have chosen Delta a long time ago. Me too. I, yeah, but I chose American. Yeah, uh, I'm United. I'm, you, oh, you're United. <laughs> Delta. If there's anyone out there from Delta. Match my style. I will switch. <laughs> I you, will as well. Pete Lee will switch as well. If anyone knows, write to us and uh, up our, our status. Go ahead. Yeah. And I've actually talked to a few people that have said, yeah, I reached out to them and I had to do it a few times and then they did status matches. Yeah, I've done that. But the, yeah, I've done that. But but yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I used to be executive platinum on American, and then I crossed the million mile threshold, oh. and um, and then I was home most of last year just auditioning and recapturing my sanity. Yeah, and so I lost I lost my high status where you get the free upgrades every time, and now yeah. now I'm just gold, but I'm also gold for life with being a million miler. Um, but it's crazy now, like. The difference between the way that they treat you in first class and in coach, I know that a million comedians have talked yeah. about this, but it is like, especially on an airline like American, where um, they took over another airline. So most of the people from US Airways thought that they were just being laid off or fired. And a lot of their friends were when they consolidated airlines. Uh -huh. So you get on some of these flights in coach and the people just don't care. Like they, it's not that they're rude. It's that they like seriously don't care how they speak to you. Right. And, um, yeah, I've, I, like I, I've been, I've been checking my phone for a second past the time that you're supposed to have it in airplane mode and they just berate you. <laughs> see, I find the opposite with that. Cause I see people like, or I want to rat out the guy next. There's always the person who just keeps going. If they go shut your phones off and, they, and I've seen them like walk by the aisle. It's like, you're not even checking this guy next to me. has got his foot. <laughs> I mean, not that I, I think there's probably the plane's not going to crash if the guy's, spends an extra five minutes on his phone but yeah i'm always i'm always respectful of it and every once in a while i i just forget and uh -huh. then i you know as soon as they tell me i go yes of course um but i'm sure that they're used to telling people a million times all day and that's it's it's almost like um like louis bit with his daughter or, or with kid with the kids where you know, you didn't see the five times that the parent kindly told them to shut up. You just see them yelling right. at their child. That's probably what happens with that, with that flight attendant. But I'm always the one getting yelled at. But it's also, I think, some airlines are just like if if you ever flown like an Asian airline, like like if you think I, a Japanese airline when I was coming back from Japan, and it's just like there is 
not you couldn't even imagine any of them like ever complaining about their job like even when they're alone <laughs> they're just like this is what we do and we're here to serve you and like i'm successful i'm bringing great honor to my family yeah, yeah just uh you're just like oh my god and then cuz sometimes with not necessarily american airlines but airlines in america they're you can get most of them are nice i think but then there's always the the clearly over it flight attendant it was just like Ugh. like and also like the customer service like the 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 gates sometimes they're not nice they're just like I, it's just like hire fucking people who are cool man yeah i'm a celebrity <laughs> <laughs> i had a uh... I had a lady in Detroit that she was she was scanning tickets with one hand. This is one of my favorite things that's ever happened while traveling. Uh. She was scanning tickets with one, like taking the ticket, scanning it, handing it back, and with the other hand, she had a McFlurry, and she was she was oh my god, she was eating, she was scooping her fake nails into it, and then eating the ice cream, almost like a Tostitos scoop kind of a oh thing. Oh my god! And um and I she stopped me, and she looked at my ticket, and she goes and she goes. Oh no! She goes, "You're not Pete Lee." She goes, "You're Hal Sparks." She thought that I was Hal Sparks because I resemble him and I uh-huh. speak like him a little bit. And he and I have met with each other and we've joked around about it. Um, but she thought that I was Hal Sparks. She was like, "No, you Hal Sparks." And she's eating this ice cream with her wow. fake nails. And um, she almost like wouldn't let me get on the plane. And I was like, "Well," and I showed her my idea. I was like, "I'm clearly Pete Lee. Hal Sparks is amazing, but I need to go." <laughs> like, that's what a weird. That that's weird. Like. Because it looks like she's not paying attention. She's like, and she's like, I know comedians, and I know another comedian who I think you are, and and you, you Hal Sparks. And why is Hal Sparks like not going on? Like, why is he like? What's he's the one you should be going after if he's like going under fake names? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what she thought she was going after. Now that I think about it. But could you imagine? Like, I've heard the I've heard of people. I've heard of celebrities staying at hotels under fake names. But you can't travel under a fake name. And yeah. Hal Sparks wouldn't be under. He was. He's not at the level where you, he could travel under an. And also, she name. has the list of passengers somewhere in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the manifest. She yeah. Has the flight manifest. The ones they sell. Those. You know. That's why. I mean, it doesn't happen to me, but where you, you know, a celebrity gets off a plane and there's someone, eight guys standing there with the poster from their last movie. <laughs> oh, that's a coincidence. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. Uh, yeah. You happen to be at the Detroit airport with a whatever movie poster. So, uh, yeah, Delta, I think, goes to more places. Delta goes to way more places. And, and cheaper, and they're like more routes, it's just more choices. Delta's awesome, and I could have chosen them, especially I used to live in Minneapolis because uh, I started at Acme. Yeah. And North Delta had just bought Northwest, and so they oh, went. I remember everywhere. Northwest, yeah. And I don't know why I just hated flying Northwest Airlines, and I was like, I'm not choosing Delta, I'm choosing American, and I was just wrong. I feel like America's the celebrity airline, though. I feel like the New York to L.A. people all take American. Really? Although I've, Virgin America's good, but I should say to all airlines who are listening, including United. I know I said I'd make the switch, but if you want to kick me up to, <laughs> I'm gold. If you want to kick me up to platinum, we can do that. We can talk. Um, do you yeah. like the lounges, like the first class lounge? I love the lounges. My favorite thing is down in uh, Dallas, Texas, the American Airlines Lounge has a gym, and then they have these shower rooms. That, oh, my God. Uh, the company Kohler out of Wisconsin, uh, they did all the shower rooms. So they have those those shower heads where you punch into like a digital thing on the wall, and you, you tell 
you tell the shower which shower heads you want it to hit you with. So it's got ones from the side and one from the it's it's way too much and you end up just using the Have one you used shower. them? Yeah. Like where are you flying where you suddenly need to take a shower at the airport? Well, uh, like I was flying actually back from Spokane and I had a long layover in Dallas because uh, I had to go Spokane to Seattle, Seattle to Dallas, and then I had to wait three hours and then fly to New York. Uh-huh. And that's a long day, but I wanted to work out. So I, I worked out in the middle of the day and then I showered and then... Oh, there's a gym there as well? Did you already tell me that? Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> there's, there's, um, there's, there's a, yeah, there's a gym. And so, yeah, I worked out and... Um, yeah, it just it felt luxurious to do that in the middle of a travel wow. day. My ex-wife and I used to we used to go to the Admirals clubs and then we've like we had sex a couple times in the showers and it felt Seriously? So, yeah, it felt so funny. We we flew to Hong Kong one time and we were at the Dallas airport and we we had sex and then we like got on the plane and we were giggling with each other like how funny is it that we just had sex in an airport and now we're flying to Asia. So it's not it's co-ed showers or did you just if you're, I mean, I don't think that they have any rules on it, but they were, I mean. Oh, so they're like private stalls? Like it wasn't like, a, I guess I'm thinking like a gym locker room, which I guess it clearly wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. It's like you, it's a, it's its own little shower room that, wow. um, it almost is like a shower suite because you have, you have the area where you get ready in and then there's almost like a little mini hallway and then the shower uh-huh. is there and it's, it's like one of those showers that's so fancy that there's no door on it. You know, like, yeah. and, and it's all this like elaborate stonework, and it's it's one of those bathrooms where you go. This is this is the kind of bathroom I would have if I was rich, right? Um, but so I can see why you like these lounges. Then. Oh, I love these lounges. It, it's amazing. <laughs> see any celebs in the lounge? Um, yeah, I saw um, I saw Lindsay Lohan in the lounge one time. Oh, really? And I I did the movie A Prairie Home Companion with her, and I was just a featured extra in uh-huh. it. Uh huh. And, um, and I, but I had to shoot a scene where I ran into her and they, and Robert Altman made us do it like a million times. Wow. I want to hear about that, but tell me about this first. Yeah. Um, and then I did, I want the time that I was on Letterman, I was on with her uh-huh. and, um, and then I ran into her almost like two weeks after that in the lounge and I just said hello to her and she was very kind and yeah? stuff. But, where was this? Uh, this was in Chicago. Uh, and I don't know, like she's one of those people that everybody always talks about what a mess she is. But whenever I've interacted with her, she was bright and charming. I and... met her once; she was nice. Yeah, so um, it was super brief, so it was uh, hard to really know someone. But what's you were in a Robert Altman movie? Yeah, I was performing at Acme and uh, Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, and then the the casting director that casts all the extras in it. Uh, she came to my show to check out the headliner, and I was middling. And then um, it was one of those occasions where the I didn't know she was there, and the headliner did, and he just like melted down mid set. Oh wow! He, he wanted to get this ex, this under five part so badly, and then I got an email from her, and I blew it off because I thought that I, I was like, "What are you doing, Matt? Why would you say that? Why would you email me and say that you want me to be in your movie? That's not how movies happen." Right. And then a couple of days later, she was like, I seriously, you're, you need to be on set now and come do this. So next thing I knew, I was on set for a Prairie Home Companion. Doing what, though? I, I was the sarcastic stagehand. Oh, so you had lines. I had lines, They yeah. call that an extra, though? Well, it's, I mean, it's an under five under thing. Under five, right? Yeah. Um, but I ended up, one of the reasons why I consider being an extra is because I had lines and then they got cut out of the movie. And so I'm in the movie all over the place, but just like... Like the 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 movie literally opens on me rolling a rolling a cable, and I'm 
I'm real big on the screen and but none of my lines ended up being in it and I felt really embarrassed because when the movie went to the Cannes Film Fest my lines were still in it and then there was another cut that they uh. did and so I had friends that told me from the movie they're like you were in it it's great so I like bought tickets for like 20 of my friends to go to this movie and then I just wasn't oh that's that's a bummer yeah but that's but that's also showbiz. I feel like that's a better story than yeah I was in it <laughs> and it's also it's kind of you always know that that might be a possibility. So did you, uh, you had friends who saw it in Cannes? Yeah, there were. Or was it Cannes? Cannes, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not fancy enough to yeah. say it right. It's Cannes. It's totally Cannes. I, I think it is Cannes. I, I don't know myself. So. Uh, so you had friends who saw it there? Yeah, there were some people associated with the movie that, that I'd become friends with throughout the summer of shooting it. Because the way that the movie was shot was there were always things happening on stage and then everything, all the other scenes were happening while the scene on stage was happening. So we, even though I had a small role and I was just in a couple little things, I had to be there for the whole summer. So I got paid. Where was this? This was in St. Paul uh, at the Fitzgerald Theater. Oh, so they put you up? Yeah, yeah, so they, well, I mean, I lived in Minneapolis. Okay. At the time, um, Acme's where I started and I lived there in Eden Prairie, so... I I had a summer job. I would have been temping otherwise. Uh -huh. And so my summer job was hanging out on set. It's interesting the casting person like specifically wanted comedians, but I guess it makes sense if it's like a wise ass. Yeah. It, it, this person, because um, almost like the airline that I talked about, um, so the, the premise of the movie was that the show was, it was going to be their last show, mm -hmm. and nobody was listening to it anymore, nobody cared anymore. And so the whole, all the staff, all the stagehands, like they just didn't care anymore. And that was the direction that I was given. Oh, that's fun. Like when you, whenever somebody asks you to do something, just be like, no. <laughs> Did they let you improv or ad lib or? They let me improvise. And um, Robert Altman, I remember he didn't know my name, but he called me the Backstreet Boy for some reason because I just was young and cutesy. Right. And so he'd be like, Backstreet Boy, get over here. Um, <laughs> that's but, funny. He didn't know your name, but he was aware of the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. Yeah, but I mean, that was such a cool summer. You know, I got to, I got to spend you know time here and there with like Meryl Streep and Lily oh, really? Tomlin was on set. And Did you chat with him? Yeah. Like, um, one of my, I don't know if she wants me to tell the story, but um, my one of my first days on set, I, you know, you know the really fancy porta potties. Yeah. Like the kind that have the steps and the wood floor. Right. Um, that you can you can use full on. Yeah, you can you can totally use. And, um, but I was I got in line right behind Lily Tomlin, and then Meryl Streep came out of it, and she like made like a Jim Carrey joke. She was like, "Woo, do not go in oh, there!" Really? Oh my god! And it was, it, and Meryl Streep was one of those people that I always thought that she was beautiful on on screen, and then you see, you see how beautiful these people are actually in real uh -huh. life, and it was, yeah, it was really cool, and. Um, Lily Tomlin would always talk to you. You know, she she's such a warm person, and um, you know, this, the rule on a set it kind of is if somebody's above you in the cast, you don't talk to them unless they want to talk to you, and they always wanted to say hello if they were around you. And I didn't know that rule. I've been fucking that rule up for a while. <laughs> but maybe you've all. I mean, you've had important roles in movies. I've had a, one or two, you know, nice little roles. Yeah. But I find that, uh, for the most part, yeah, I mean, I tend to leave people alone like that unless it's organic. If it's, I don't want to just walk up and force a conversation with someone because they're famous and then, 
all you're doing is like annoying them or testing their courtesy. Yeah, I have I have a buddy that does a lot of that where he'll be like, yeah, I was on this set and then um, I, you know, like I saw, you know, I saw Leonardo DiCaprio and like I had my chance and I came up to him and I like gave him the magnet from my podcast oh, and God. I was like, don't you, doesn't your brain know that he doesn't like that? Like, just say hello to him and, and you're, you're not, every moment isn't the moment where you could have your big break. Right. That's uh, it's desperate. It's uh and it's also that thing of like, hey, you never know. Can't hurt to ask. You never know. He might, re you know. And yeah, you do know. And he, he doesn't want he doesn't want your podcast magnet necessarily. But those well, now the, I want to get magnets. So that's yeah. <laughs> but those are the people that always have the story of like, um, yeah. But remember, Pamela Anderson was discovered in a McDonald's. I'm like, yeah, but she was so remarkable looking that yeah. if you walked into that McDonald's and you needed somebody that looked like her, you would. And I think there's, you know, if you happen to sit next to someone on a plane, I mean, this has never happened to me, and you end up talking the entire time and develop that much of a relationship and they're, you know, maybe you're in the same business, maybe you could get their email address and run something by them or whatever. If but... you made a real connection right. with them. Yeah, I was sitting next to Molly Shannon one time on a plane. She's very nice. So nice. And um, and it was weird. There was a guy that was, you know, I don't know, the way that they were walking together, I thought that was her husband or something. Uh -huh. And it turned out that that was her personal assistant. And I just, I love her. So I was, I was like, hey, if you want me to give up your seat and your husband can sit with you, I was like, I'll sit and coach. That's how funny I think you wow. are. And she well, goes, that, you didn't need to do that. I know I didn't need to do that, but she she goes she goes no 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 she's like that's my assistant and you know that was too kind of you and sit here and then we got talking and um you know I I she asked me what I did and I said I'm a comedian and I'm out on tour and then she said you know we can switch you let's do that seat switch <laughs> <laughs> actually so I was thinking about yeah thanks why not that was really nice of you yeah actually you do seem like you're probably gonna Tom come me. up here Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. But it so, was, well, tell me the rest. I'm sorry. Well, but it it, it was a neat experience because um, people kept coming up from coach to say hello to her, and this one guy came up to her and he's like, "Hey, I'm a big fan. Can I get a picture? You know, for to show my daughters and stuff." And then he took the picture and she obliged. And then the guy, he's like, um, "He's like, like say something funny. Can you say something funny?" And to you or her? To her. Oh, and my. Same guy who got the picture? Yeah, same guy who got the picture. So she had already let him do something that was beyond her boundaries. And then she, and then he was like, say something fun. He's like, can you say something funny or something? And uh, I, I elbowed her and I go, I go, it never ends, does it? Like, you're, do you know how many times you've made this guy laugh? Look, why do you have to prove right. to him in the moment that you can be funny? Or why do you have to entertain right. him live like you're a clown? Oh, how did he get up? Was this up in first class, right? Yeah, they always... The, I mean, the curtain, number one, that's not a security device, but number two, it's never really shut anymore. Oh, God, that's... Uh, I was on a plane once. I don't know if I've ever told a story, but the... Uh, I probably have. The, uh, they made a lot of announcements about staying in your cabin. Mm -hmm. And then I, this flight attendant uh, whispered to the passenger next to me, there's a celebrity on board. And the celebrity was Brandy. The singer? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, she's famous, but she also, I saw her at the gate, like with her holding her own bag, like she, and she's by herself, and she seems pleasant, and like, just like, 
to have to make five announcements or these extra <laughs> announcements like Brandy's on board. It's a New York to L.A. flight. You think I feel like there's other people who've been on the. And what what year was it? Was it a year where she was relevant? Or... Um, it was uh, I think I was coming back from Australia. So it was either either 2004, 2010. Ten, I think it was two thousand four, maybe. But still, I don't think she. I mean, that's a few years after she was a big. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I did see her at the gate. I mean, she would. She didn't have bodyguard. I mean, she just kind of walked up. I mean, which. But it was. It was fun. <laughs> There's a celebrity on board. That's why we're doing this. It's brandy. <laughs> oh, but did you see the? Vi- there was an online. There was a video of her, uh, on YouTube where. Um, she's in the cast of some musical in New York. Yeah. And then she was taking the subway with some friends and then she just started singing on the subway. Oh. And she, she's Brandy and she looks like Brandy and she, or she has the voice of an angel. And then everybody was just, they did the New York thing where somebody starts singing and you're like, oh no, she wants money. And you put in your headphones and you bury your nose in a book. Yeah. And the camera was panning around the subway and she got so outwardly offended and was like, I'm Brandy. Don't you know I'm Brandy? Oh, really? And people were looking up at her like, I don't care if you're named after an alcohol. Like, <laughs> like I don't know who you are. And it was such a neat moment um, that I don't know why she would let that video out. It seemed humiliating to her. Huh. The, um, I guess you're also, if you're not expecting to see Brandy on the subway. But it was fun because I sat a few rows behind her and I saw some young kid come on and just spot her. And you just see, you know, you can only, see, my point of view was just this guy, people walking on the plane. So he walked and it's just eyes lit up. It was kind of, it was kind of sweet. And then I think he got an autograph or something. And she seemed like she was fine about it. But I had a, an experience. Um, I was flying from LA back to New York. And then um, I was seated in one of those lay down seats. And the guy that was next to me was Rick Springfield. Oh, my. That's so weird. I had this thought once of I wonder if I'll ever be on a plane with Rick Springfield. For real? I don't know why. I think I saw this documentary on him. And then I, I don't know what why I made that. I feel like I'll see him at the airport kind of thing. Now what? you're going to. Now that you've put it in the yeah, universe. So you, he was next to you? He was next to me. And I remember I didn't want to let him know that I knew who he was. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And I also really wanted to take a nap. I, yeah. was, I was so tired. And so I said a quick I was like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, headphones, good night. And uh, I mean, I would say every 15 minutes, some crazy woman ran up to him and woke both of us up and was like, Jesse's girl, oh, Rick Springfield. God. And it was so startling. And at one point after, it, I think we'd been woken up two times by weirdos. And finally, I, I just reached over him. I go, I go, does this happen all the time to you? And he goes, this is my whole life. And his eyes were real, you know, his eyelids were real dim, and he just had a look like this. Because as life. you were telling me about that, I was going, it sounds like a job that should be fun, but is no longer fun. A terrible job. Because he's not, you know, he's flying first class, but he's not private. I mean, that's, that's probably why a lot of people take private jets, is because just to it's avoid private. that. <laughs> yeah, I rode next to. Um, you, it's funny you asked celebrity stories. I've ridden on a lot of planes with a lot of people. Um, I rode next to David Schwimmer one time. And we were actually in coach in like the first row of coach, and um, and he was he was sitting in the window. When was this? Oh God, this was after Friends, but before it was right after Band of Brothers came out. And I think he was he was flying. I think he was flying standby because he just really wanted to get to New York. Uh-huh. He needed to get back to New York, and I, there was weather, and 
he ended up sitting so i was like in the middle seat and he was sitting next to me and uh and I, I said a quick hello to him, and I, I was like, hey, I just saw Band of Brothers, and you're really great in it. And he's like, thank you. He's like, nobody ever says that one. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I talked to him about the series and just how incredible it was. And and then I was like, now I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to leave you alone. And then uh, almost, you know, you know, like we were quiet, and then we landed. And then I think that he knew that it would be safe to talk to me again. Right, because uh, you were respecting him. I was respectful, and then maximum we'd have 15 minutes of conversation that he would have to have energy for. And then I said something to him. I go, I go, you're really, I go, you're you're really nice. And he he said, thank you. He goes, I got written up. And somebody said that I was really salty to people in real life. And he goes, I don't think that people realize that when you're a celebrity, um, you're just a person. And you're you're still a person at five a.m. who's tired like mm-hmm. everyone else. Right. And if if you react to people in a way that you're tired and it doesn't live up to their expectations, then they'll blog about you. And um, yeah, it's it's. I find that it's either not. I'm, t- I'm not talking about myself, but I've seen <laughs> other people. Just the general way people act is either if you if they say if you say hi to a celebrity, they go, "Hey, how are you?" They go, wow, they're fuck. They were so fucking nice. <laughs> or. If, or they'll, um, if they kind of like, uh, they just go, hi, how's it going? He was mean to me. Yeah. He, he, all he said was hi back. He was like, well, you said hi, he said hello back. That's that's the way that works. That's all, yeah. yeah but I, the, the, um, there was this coach in, in the NFL that he was the coach of the Chicago Bears for a while. I don't know where he's at now, but his name was Lovey Smith. Uh-huh. And he said he had this quote where he said, there's no such thing as small talk when you're important to someone. And I think that applies to that situation. When when you have someone so high on a pedestal, you're so sensitive to whatever their reaction is that you make your own story from it. That, um, yeah, that Rick Springfield thing. Just like waking someone up. Waking them up. I mean, he was asleep, dead asleep. I wonder exhausted. if he's the way he could hide more, like, you know what I mean, like a hat or ski mask. Just so, yeah. I mean, pretty much, he probably would love to wear a ski mask, but love to be able to wear one. But yeah, I was on a plane with a. I've been on. I was on a plane with Eric Estrada once. Oh, was he? Was he muy handsome? He. I mean, he looked exactly the way he. I mean, he was no. There was no hiding, and he. It seemed like he was talking to the guy next to him. I don't think he was with them. But he seemed very like, oh, yeah, you can talk to me. And But then I followed him, not intentionally. I just happened to be walking behind him when we were leaving the plane. And you just hear, like, you know, TSA people, hey, chips. And he kind of just says, <laughs> smiles, like, yep, uh, every day, fucking 50 times a day. But so was when they when they woke Rick Springfield up, did the, was he pleasant or was he just like a guy who was being awakened or was he? He was so kind. Oh, like, was like he? So, so absolutely kind and patient and like he had the patience of every father that we all wish that we had yeah. kind of a thing and um like i don't know if he meditates or if he's done a million hours of therapy in order to deal with that and you know like i don't know what he did but if it was me i wouldn't have reacted that way and i'm someone who's sort of known for being kind and nice and i would have flipped out so i don't know how he handled it that gracefully yeah, I mean, the waking someone up is just like... How, what part, I mean, I almost feel like that's that's an impulse control problem, and maybe it's something that people probably don't have naturally. They have it when they're around a celebrity. They maybe lose control yeah. of their senses. But 
I, I don't know, the girl that, like the girl that I'm dating, she was asleep the other morning and I knew that she had to wake up for an audition that she had to go to. And I had trouble wait. I was like, oh, I feel bad waking her up. She needs the sleep. Uh She's so dead asleep. So there was an actual reason to wake her up and I felt uncomfortable waking her up. Wait, why'd you have to wake her up? She had to go to an audition um, and, and like I knew that she needed to go. Right. But well, you did her a favor. Though. I did her a favor. Great guy. You are a great guy. <laughs> but the thing is, then if you if you didn't do that, then and she knew you were there and didn't wake her up. Oh, there would be. Yeah, I'm not saying she would like be nasty, but I mean, she might go. Oh, you could have woken me up. Yeah. Why didn't you wake me up? Yeah, I didn't want to phrase it that hard, that confrontationally, but because <laughs> I don't know her, but it's conceivable she might say, "Why didn't you wake me up?" But no, I mean, no, you know. Never fun to wake. No one wants to wake up, basically. So no, we never want to. But uh, we always want to keep living, but we don't want to wake up. Let's talk about this before we go. The uh, I remember you did something funny. I think it was you. Yeah, you did it when Comedy Central had those contests. Oh, that the bogus videos? contest where uh, <laughs> they would play your special again, and you like campaign. It was so like. I mean you, I mean the universal you, including me, would like, hey, vote for my thing, and like, and they like. And they're going to play my special again? Like, they're going to play it again anyway? Are they going to not play it? <laughs> they're, yeah, they play... It was the showdown. Yeah, it was, it was the stand-up showdown. And I just had a... Um, I remember my manager at the time was like, you got to do think of something to promote this. And uh-huh. then I remember um, thinking about political ads, how... Um, like, like I, I thought about it, how fun it would be to create a political smear campaign against right. all these great comedians and so i just took the people that were in the top 20 and i have i had a green screen in my house um like one of those collapsible things uh-huh. and so i just wrote a bunch of one-liners that were like the most slanderous thing that you could say about anybody uh-huh. um that was obviously kidding right and then it would say like vote for pete lee because pete lee's this and then there was another one one-liner and when I did. I remember yours. Like I did, like a real slow zoom on your, like the Ken Burns effect on your headshot, <laughs> where it made you look really guilty yeah. <laughs> as it zoomed in on your face. And I, I forget what I said, or I forget what the joke was about you. But um, yeah, I was. I was. I tried to be as playful as I could with it. And I'm sure that at the time, you know, I don't like someone like you was probably like. Who the hell is this guy? I thought you wrote to me and asked if it was cool, and I said, yeah, of course it's cool. Like, I think I did, yeah, because yeah. I was like, Todd, I love you. I don't want to offend you, and can I do this? And you were like, yeah, that's cool. And I don't know if you realized the impact of you just writing back, like, yeah, it's cool, but I was like, yeah, I mean, it's so clearly not an actual smear campaign. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can, I can deal with this. Yeah. Speaking of celebrities, I peed next to Ken Burns once, <laughs> a couple months ago, actually. That's I, all. I want to make a, pro- a pun about the Burns, but... Like, did it burn? <laughs> oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> that was bad. That was really bad. Did you, uh, how high did you place in that showdown? I think I got seventh. I once like had a thing. Well, I, I posted about it, and this guy wrote to me, he goes, I'm a programmer. I'm going to take care of this. And I thought he was half joking. I thought he might be joking. And then it just, he, then he wrote back to me, he goes, I program this, uh, and uh, you're getting like 5,000 votes an hour now or something. It was some crazy number thing, and my, I shot up to number one, and I, I called Comedy Central. I go, I just want to let you know. But apparently they had like this easy, incredibly easy to crack code. 
Yeah, they. So, there was a kid at one because I was doing a bunch of colleges at the time, and I had a, a similar thing happen where this kid goes, he goes, "Hey, I can get your your views up," and then um, I think that he ran a bot on some of my stuff for a little bit, and then oh. I. I asked him, I'm like, hey, I don't feel, it was the same thing. I was like, I don't feel right about this. But he explained to me the process that um, every Macintosh computer has a, a program called Automator. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you can just teach it the the mouse strokes of, oh. of refreshing the page. And then the Comedy Central's algorithm at the time had it so that if um, per browser, you could have a certain amount of votes per hour. So um, this kid set up like twelve different browsers, uh, like Google Chrome. And yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't know what the other ones were called, but he just set them up so that it automated so that like each hour it clicked and refreshed on each browser. And yeah, he. I remember when the numbers first started going up, I was like, "Oh, this is neat. That's cool." But then I was like, "I don't want that." And I I also didn't want Comedy Central to disqualify me. Right. So um, you didn't do the honorable thing like I did. I didn't call Comedy Central. I let there be a, a bogus amount of views that were padded in there, and then I told him to stop it. Well, shame on you. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to plug before we go? Um, I'm on a show on True TV on Friday. Oh, nights. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's Shit. a clip show, and I, I write for it, and I'm on it. And it, oh, I didn't even. Oh, I feel embarrassed. What is it? It's called Greatest Ever, and we just take a category of things like. Um, uh, last week we did greatest fans ever, so it's just videos of people being crazy fans, uh -huh. or, you know, crazy sports fans or fans of a food, and then we break it down by category and we go through and kind of roast them and pop over the videos and. Oh, so okay. It's like best week ever. I used to be on best week ever. It's like that, but just with categories. So it's evergreen. It can each episode. Oh, so you're can... not truly honoring someone. You're kind of making fun of them. I'm making fun of them. Yeah. Oh. So is it other comedians do the the pop up things? Yeah, there are other comedians on it. And um, yes, and I'm I'm a writer for the show, and then I I'm a cast member. And lately, we've actually been shooting three episodes a week, so it's a lot of work yeah. through the week. But it helps me stay at home. Yeah, and it gets me in front of the camera. And that's cool. That's good, but um, when um, what you got any road gigs coming up? You want to talk about? Um, not until April. I'm home until really? April, and then I'm doing a college tour. <sighs> And it's oh, I'm so excited. So do you tear it up at these NACA conventions? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I've I mean, never done well at those. I I would I would think that you would. They're, I mean, they're there. I I don't know. It, it is weird because sometimes they're there, literally with like a clipboard to watch you and rate you. Yeah. And so they kind of have that. Yeah. Anytime you have a clipboard in your hand, it makes you feel a certain way. Like right. I'm judging you. Um. But. Yeah, I, I do well. I'm doing NACA Nationals in, in f next weekend. Wow. Or this weekend, I'm doing NACA Nationals. Do you like doing colleges? I do. I, I like the shows, and I like the money. Yeah. But going from city to city to city. It's all weird. Night. It's like it's always like a, a plane to another plane to a three-hour drive kind of place. Thing. Yeah. I get um, – there was a point in my last – big college tour where i remember i was so worn out and exhausted that i was at dca airport at avis rental car counter and they just like didn't have a car for me and i was gonna have to wait a half an hour and i might be late for my show and i just started crying at the counter oh really i was just so worn out and emotional that I, yeah i cried and it was at that point that i was like pete you need to take care, better care of yourself and do less road gigs right yeah if you're crying at the hertz rental car <laughs> although i dealt with hertz and i can understand why you would uh 
cry. I think it was Hertz. One of those, one I had a nightmarish experience. Maybe it wasn't Hertz. I'll Maybe. say Hertz because that's the one I never use, so I don't care if they okay. hate <laughs> Maybe I, I shouldn't say Hertz when I don't even know if they were the ones who I had a problem with. But anyway, <laughs> PeteLee.net. PeteLee.net. Uh, my Twitter is PeteLeeTweets. My Instagram is Pete underscore AF, which stands, it, it's Pete as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a, it's a thing that I've, I've, it's a joke because um, like rappers always rap about the new me uh-huh. and so I've been saying that in 2017 I'm not Pete I'm Pete as fuck I like that yeah um, what's the most amount of colleges you've done I did 187 colleges in one year oh my god is that the year you were crying at the airport that was the year that I was crying holy at the shit and now I probably do like 30 or 40 a year Matt that's still good that's good money man it's good yeah it's really good fuck 187 yeah that was a crazy year. Like I got married that year and I'm divorced, but um, I paid for my wedding with a check. It was cool yeah. to be able to do that, but um, now I don't have that money. Well, thanks for being here, Pete. Good luck with your uh, Tonight Show. Oh, thank you. That uh, sounds very promising when the host of the show stands, gives you a standing ovation in the middle of your audition. <laughs> uh, and everyone at home, thanks for listening. It's It's good to be back. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.